with me say amen amen and amen you may be seated turn to your neighbor high five them if you're up for it tell them I'm glad you're here amen well I want to tell you I don't plan on keeping you long this morning famous last words of a preacher but I do feel like I have a, a word of the Lord for you. It's a little bit strange, the text I'm going to be using. But I think it's going to make sense as we uh, dive into this today. I want to talk to you about the power of brokenness. I want to talk to you about the power of brokenness. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. You can remain seated this morning. Verses 11 through 13. If you got it, say amen. And this is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, up to this present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed, roughly treated, homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. When we are reviled, we bless. And when we are persecuted, we endure it. When we're slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we are like the world's garbage, like the dirt everyone scrapes off their sandals. I know it's a little bit of a, of a strange text to use, but I use this to set a background. Uh, following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and truly living that out can be a breaking experience. We live in a fallen world that, frankly, is becoming more and more hostile to Christians each and every day. We see brothers and sisters all across this, this world of ours that are coming under true persecution. In fact, I read not long ago that even in the last hundred years or so, there have been more Christian martyrs for the cause of Jesus Christ than all the prior 1900 years before that added together. We've seen more persecution. We've seen more brokenness. We've seen more things happen to Christians. And like I said, I know it's a little bit of a strange text, but hang with me. It's going to get good in a minute. I want to tell you that God can and will and does choose to use broken vessels. He can, will, and does choose to use broken vessels. How and why? It's because it's with broken vessels that He is able to get the most glory. That is how He gets the most glory. Your life and your calling in any capacity, in any form or fashion, is not to glorify yourself, but it is to truly lift up the name of Jesus. It's not so much about the things that you can do and accumulate on this world to heap praise upon yourself, but let everything that be done in your life be done to glorify Jesus. Let everything that be done on the behalf of the palace of praise be done to glorify Jesus. Somebody say amen. God truly uses broken vessels, and He will use the hurts, the wrongs, and the injustices that you have suffered, the brokenness, to bring about glory. He will even use your own mistakes and flip it on its end through your brokenness and bring about His own glory. We live in a world that does not value broken things. We live in a world and a culture that would rather replace things than repair things. But God is in the business of making new creatures out of us. When we take our brokenness to Him and we take our hurts and our wounds and our shatteredness, no matter the cause, 
whether it's things that we have endured that others have done to us or things that we have done in and of ourselves that have shattered our lives, God can and will use those to rebuild and bring about His own glory. Instead, we live in a world that worships youth, it worships beauty, it worships power, it worships self-reliance, it is constantly on the lookout for something that is new, and something that is fresh. In fact, we live in a culture that discards broken people and things. It casts aside the elderly and the infirm. It aborts babies. It aborts babies with defects out of a motive for convenience. Pregnancy is treated like a condition as opposed of something that is honorable and noble and good. In fact, if you are pregnant, you have the option of considering it to be some sort of infirmity to be cured if you choose. As though it's some kind of a broken condition that you need healing from. Come on, church. But God sees beauty in brokenness. And if you want to see God in His fullness, come on, then you have to understand that there will be brokenness first. Everybody wants a blessing, but nobody wants a breaking. If God comes into your life and He breaks something out of your life or off of your life, or if He breaks someone, he allows someone to be broken, it is because there is something in you that he is trying to draw out from you. Maybe he sees something in your character that needs to be broken and corrected. Maybe there is a giftedness or a talent that God has instilled in you that he is trying to break things off of you to bring to the top for his glory. When I talk about breaking and brokenness, I'm not talking about necessarily an emotional experience. How many of you have ever been broken? Come on. If you've been broken about something, you know the pain and the anguish that that can cause and the obvious emotional response that comes as a result of that event or that trauma or that whatever the case may be. And as powerful as emotions are, that's not what I'm talking about. The kind of brokenness that I'm talking about, it's an act of the will under the pressure and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to where you surrender your will to God's will. We've heard the expression often about in dealing with our children that I want to break his or her will, but not their spirit. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. We're not, in the, we're not in the business of trying to break someone's spirit as parents, but we do want to break a rebellious will where they can keep their spirit and their drive and their enthusiasm so that they can go on, go on and do something wonderful for God. You see, this willingness of breaking of the will, it acknowledges your need for God. It submits yourself under the hand of God. Brokenness... The kind of brokenness I'm talking about is God stripping you of your self-sufficiency. 
And can I tell you, we're far more self-sufficient than what we let on. He will use difficulties. He will use problems, frustrations, aggravations, so that Jesus can be seen in your body. How do I know this? Well, let me go to our text. When we are reviled, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. Come on, church. When we're slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we are like the world's garbage, like the dirt everyone scrapes off their sandals. Did you see his response? Because it's through the brokenness that we endure in life, through circumstances and trials and problems and on and on and on, the different traumas, that as we respond in a godly fashion, God gets the glory. Is this, is this okay this morning? Listen, God will not bless you if he cannot change you. But if he can change you, blessing and favor await you. How many of you ever asked the prayer, God, where are you? I've prayed and I've sought you. You're going through some kind of an emotional response to something that, that you've endured. But the real question in your heart of hearts should be, God, have I allowed you to change me through this? Come on. Before you can ever have a breakthrough, you must first be broken. There's got to be a breaking in our lives in an area. And once God does that work in your will and in your heart, that's when breakthrough comes. Because you see, we're real bad about considering a breakthrough to be something where we get what we want. As long as we get what we want from God, we automatically assume that we've got some kind of a breakthrough. And yes, God wants to bless you. Yes, God wants good things for you. But God is trying to do something in you. And once you can be broken, then you can have the breakthrough. I love what the scripture says in Isaiah 57. It says, God only relates to the humble. It points out that he lives high and exalted, but he also lives with the lowly and the humble. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a promise of God? The high God only hangs with the lowly. Those that are not self-sufficient. Those that as God puts you and allows you to go through situations and as you respond appropriately, God then moves and he honors you and he raises you up in due time. You see, pride can get in the way. God might not have come through because we have a bad habit of trying to be too self-sufficient. You see, God can use any number of things to point out a reliance upon Him. What might break you might not break me, but vice versa. It is your response to the circumstances that God allows into your life that God is truly watching. Come on. God is watching. Brokenness is God breaking the flesh out of our lives. But brokenness is certainly not the way we would choose. Even after salvation, there's a still enough of the old flesh in us because it's embedded in who we are that we're taught from the very beginning to be self-reliant. We're taught to be self-sufficient. But God is looking for the humble. God is looking for people that will come in a broken and a contrite spirit. 
When we pray asking God to move on us and in us and show us his power, it's really an invitation for him to come and break you. Boy, this is going over like a lead balloon. It's an invitation for God to come and break you. I really think that down deep in people's heart of hearts, they know that. And that's why so many people want to stay back and try and take some kind of an easy path. But listen, God has a way of shaking you out of your easy path. How many of you know what I'm talking about? He won't let you stay there. Listen to what the Word says. Psalm 34 and 18, it says, The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 51 and 17 says this, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise Isaiah 66 and 2, to this one I will look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Those are the kinds that God is going to rescue. You see, this brokenness that I'm talking about is something that comes from the inside out. God wants to do an inward work of transformation and it has to be done that way. Because when God breaks us and sets us free from our spirit, then our soul, in other words, our mind and our will and our emotions that we use to interact with the world and our bodies, they begin to fall in line with the will of God for our lives. And can I tell you, we go kicking and screaming the whole way. Paul's a great example of this. How do I know that? Well, think about Paul. Up to the point of his conversion, when he's on the road to Damascus, he was smug, he was arrogant, he was hypocritical, he was self-sufficient, he was self-righteous. And then God reveals himself to him and knocks him to the ground. How many of you ever had God knock you to the ground before? Okay. But when he met Christ, all of that changed. He became totally dependent upon the Lord. And just so that Paul wouldn't forget it, God went ahead and blinded him for an additional three days. Sometimes God will allow things in your life to stay on your life so that you will stay in a humble and a broken condition. Can I tell you that might be the case for some of us? To keep you in a humble and a broken place. Because it's when you're humble and broken that you're all the more dependent upon the Lord. Somebody say amen. You see, it's so easy to dress ourselves up. It's so easy to put on a front and put on a mask and look like we've got it all going on. It's so easy to do what we want to do, claiming that it's the will of God. Pretending that it's the will of God, when actually it's not the will of God. Come on. And we put on this front, we put on this mask that we're something super spiritual, when in reality it's not the will of God. And God will allow circumstances, brokenness. Anybody ever made this statement before? It's based in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, God will never put more on you than you can bear. Yeah. It says that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able, but will give us a way out of, out of temptation. Now, that is a great promise. And understand that temptation is not from God, but it's from the devil. But, here's the hard truth. When it comes to trials and discipline from the Lord, at times He will allow more to come on you because He's trying to break you. But He is still protecting you. One man said this. He said, let me just say this. God can use the devil to your good. Now, I know that just rocks some of you. 
You're going to have to go home and get on the internet and try and do some sort of search. Can God really use the devil to, for my, absolutely he can. Sure he can. One man said this, he said, Satan may be a roaring lion, but he's a roaring lion on God's leash. If God allows the enemy to come into your life in some sort of capacity and fashion, you better know that God has got him on standby, but it's for your own good. Because God is trying to do something in your life through the circumstance to change you and bring glory to himself. Think of the life of Job. The questions that he asked God. Look in Job chapter 38 and 41 through 41. I'm not going to read all that. You can read it for yourself. But the devil was simply God's instrument in the situation. The Bible says this. It says Job was blameless. And upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. Now that does not mean that Job was perfect. He was not Jesus Christ. It does not mean that he was righteous in in the sense of who Christ was. God was breaking Job not because of any particular thing necessarily that he had done wrong. Because the Bible nowhere says that God was judging him or anything because of or punishing him because of sin. Can I tell you that discipline and brokenness is not always a form of punishment? Come on, church. Discipline and brokenness is not always a form of punishment. We think if we're going through some kind of a tough time, a tough circumstance, that God's hand is on us, that we're trying to figure out what we've done wrong, and we allow the enemy's condemnation to come in and weigh on us. Oh, I've done wrong. I've got to do better. That's not always the case. It's not. Many times God is breaking us as a way to take you deeper in Him. He will allow you to be broken so that you can become more and more and more dependent on God so that your intimacy with the Lord begins to grow and develop at a rate unlike any other time. Job said of his encounter with God, listen to Job's response. After everything that he had went through, listen to his response. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye sees you. Therefore, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. In other words, he not only heard about the things of God, but he experienced him in a deep way as a result of the things that he went through. And some of you have been through some tough stuff. Come on. You've been through some difficult situations, some hard trials, hard circumstances, but have you not grown? Come on. Have you not grown closer to the Lord? If you allow it, have you not grown closer to the Lord? So there, in a way, this breaking was was for Job's good. He encountered God in a way that he otherwise would never have. It is true, sometimes God will use our sin to break us. If we're determined to keep sinning, God will allow the consequences of sin to overwhelm us to accomplish His purposes. What about the story of Jacob? You can read about it in Genesis chapter 30 all the way through 32. You study his life. He was a cheater. He was a con artist. Even after God's call upon his life and God's instruction, the way that Jacob handled situations, he was all too self-reliant. It wasn't until his wrestling match with God in Genesis 32 that he even changed. What about the example of David? 
What about his sin with Bathsheba, his adultery with her? It was a breaking point in David's life. How do I know? Well, you can read in Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. Those situations became a breaking point that changed who he, very, who he was in his very person. What about Peter? His denial of ever even knowing Jesus. Peter even said, even though all my flesh may, even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And later on, Jesus responded to him, basically saying, Peter, you don't know what you're saying. When once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. It was a breaking experience for Peter. You've got to keep in mind that Peter denied the Lord how many times? Three times. But it changed him. God will also use circumstances. And that's a broad statement. A circumstance can be anything you want to make out of that. Trials, tribulations, problems, aggravations, on and on and on. God can use circumstances to achieve His purpose. One pastor said this. He said, sometimes God wants us to hit rock bottom so that we understand that He is the rock at the bottom. How many of you have found that true before? And the whole time we kick and we scream and we don't understand, not realizing it's when God meets you at the bottom that He does His greatest work in your life. That's where transformation happens. That's where the change happens. That's where He's forming you and He's removing things from your life that don't need to be there so that He can get the glory. He will do whatever it takes to get us to a place of brokenness. He wants to bring us to, He wants to bring what is of value on the inside that He put there. And He wants to bring that to the outside. Now, I came up with an example of something I want to do here. I want you to bear with me today. Any of you all know what this is? This container right here, I bought the other day for, I think, a little over $6. It really doesn't hold much value on the outside. But what's on the inside is of utmost value. And can I tell you that in a very real sense, and I'm talking spiritual things now, what's so much on the outside, this flesh, is not worthy to be considered what's on the inside. Come on. And y'all know where I'm headed with this thing. And God will use circumstances and situations in your life, maybe things that you have done to yourself, maybe things that you've allowed into your life, maybe things that others have done to you, injustices, wrongs, things that have brought anguish to you, that have broken you. And listen, I, nobody, no, nobody wants the brokenness. Nobody longs for that pain. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In fact, many times the things that people do that take them into a life of sin and, and on and on, they're doing things as an escape from their brokenness. But it's a cycle that just takes them further and further and further down. And all along, God comes along and He allows things to happen. Not, not to overwhelm you in the sense of He is against you, but He allows things to happen because what is inside of you is what He's really after. Are you with me, church? So God will come along and He'll allow problems. 
And in your brokenness, we sit there and we wonder, God, what are you doing? God, why are you allowing these things? And all along, God is saying, I'm after this. I'm after the things of value in your life. Listen, the problems and the things that you are going through is not really about the problem and the thing. It's about what God is trying to do in your life for His glory. How many of you know it's all about Him? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise on that. I'm going to ask you if you would to go ahead and stand. I want to tell you that God knows what He's doing. God knows what he's doing. The Bible even says this. It says, in my weakness, I am made strong. In our brokenness, our powerlessness, it's when you have true strength before the Lord. How many of you are facing overwhelming circumstances in something? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. You got something going on. It's overwhelming. Look at the hand. Look, look around, church. Look at the hands. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's, maybe it's something health. Maybe it's something going on with your job. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just mental health struggle. Maybe it's just an internal spiritual struggle. I don't know what the problem is, but God does. And you sit there and you face these problems. You face these things and you come in and you, you don't have any joy about you because you feel like that you're in this situation. Let's be honest. Can we just be honest and transparent this morning? Maybe you really are suffering some consequences of things you've done wrong. Come on. I mean, I, I, know, I know we live in this, this concept of grace now that, you know, when you come and you ask for forgiveness, all of a sudden the sin is removed, the, the penalty eternally, eternally the penalty of sin is removed. Oh, I'm escaping all consequences. Not necessarily. But, but maybe, just maybe, maybe God's got you in a situation not because he's trying to punish you. This ain't about punishment. Maybe he's allowing brokenness to come because he's wanting to do something deep in you. He's wanting to reveal himself to you in such a way that you've never encountered him before. How many of you would really want that? Come on, raise your hand now if you want that. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm just, we're just being honest. God can and will truly use you. But he will strip you bare to the bones of life if he has to. In order to do the kind of work in you that he wants to do. I'm reminded, I've said this before behind this pulpit. Uh, back in the early 20th century, one of the great revivals that happened over in Wales... It's a region part of the United Kingdom. There was a great revivalist by the name of Evan Roberts. And for years and years and years he would pray. And finally, in his prayers, he came to this place in himself when he was praying for revival to happen. He would pray a prayer and it was simply this. He would say, God, bend me. Bend me. Humble me. In other words, what he was saying was, God, break me. 
And he prayed this prayer for some time. And there were others that eventually come on board with him and they, they, they prayed that kind of prayer and they meant it wholeheartedly. And when it happened and God bent them, he humbled them, he broke them, revival broke out across the land. It was even testified that during the Welsh revival, you've got to keep in mind, one of the biggest industries in Wales at that time was the coal mines. And there were reports that, and you, you can study all this for yourself, you can look this up. There were reports that sometime after the revival was going on that there were, there were coal miners that were just getting saved left and right. Well, you got to keep in mind in that day and time when they would go into these coal mines, they would pull these carts with donkeys and horses and mules and whatnot. And people, these, these coal miners, the, the way that they would give instruction to these animals to do things was through swear words. Go left, you blankety blank blank blank. Go right, you blankety blanker. You think I'm making this? I'm not making this up. Here's what happened. People were getting saved left and right. And so when the coal miners finally went back to work, they couldn't get any work done because the animals didn't know how to respond. They couldn't listen. They had no idea what the instructions were. The court system, you can look this up, the court system in Wales Judges were losing their jobs because there wasn't enough crime going on in the country to even have a judge on the payroll. Woo. But it's all because that there was some brokenness. It was all because there was people that had been bent. And like I said, God wants to use he wants to break us, not as punishment for sin necessarily, but He's wanting to draw something out of you, church, so that you can have an impact for the kingdom of God everywhere you go. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you right now, if you find yourself where you are weighty, you feel a burden and you feel weightiness in your life and you feel like things are overwhelming, you say, well, Josh, maybe it's something that I've done. Maybe I've brought this on myself. Well, maybe you have. That's okay. God's still good. He's still gracious. He still loves you. He still forgives. But maybe, just maybe, God has got you in a place of hardship because he's trying to take you deeper in him, just like he did with Job. You see, it's one thing to come into church all the time and hear preaching and listen to the worship and participate some and, 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 and be acquainted with God, just as Job said, well, I've heard about you through the hearing of the year I'm acquainted with you but now I've seen you with my eye and if you want to really see God and experience God you've got to get to the place to where you trust him this place of transformation that you're in this place of brokenness it's not going to be to your detriment it's going to be to your good and if that's you for anything I want you to come forward right now. The Holy Spirit is up here. Come on. People are coming. Come on. People are coming. Don't hesitate. Don't miss out on this. Just come right up here in the front and stand for just a moment if you would, please. Yeah, come on. 
You know what? I feel led of the Holy Spirit. I, I really do feel led of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, this is the day of salvation right here. Some of you, this is the day of salvation. You say, well, Josh, I've never really professed Christ. This is the moment. We're going to do two things. We're going to have two prayers. And maybe you're here and you need to. You've never accepted Christ. This is the day. This is the day. Maybe you have. Maybe you've rebelled. Maybe you've fallen away from God. The Holy Spirit is drawing you right now. How do I know? Well, because the Scripture says in John chapter 6, verse 44, and John chapter 6, verse 64, that it's the Spirit of God that draws us. And that's what He's doing right now. He's drawing you to a place of repentance. Church, bow your head with me if you would for just a moment. If you're up here in the front or if you're still seated out there and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you want to rededicate, you want to make a, a, a fresh committal unto the Lord, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Keep them high. One, two, three, four. Hands are going up. Five, six. Hands are going up. Is there more? This is huge. This is eternal right now. There's eternal decisions being made right now. Those of you that raised your hand, I want you to repeat after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I confess that I've done wrong. I repent of my evil ways. Thank you for suffering the penalty of the cross for me. I accept you as Savior and I accept you as Lord. With all of my heart, Beyond all doubt, you are my God. In the name of Jesus, amen.